Angela Marie Publishing presents, in association with the Blacked Out Couch Podcast, The Healing Collection, featuring apparel with 10 unique designs to represent your healing journey in style. Also, check out The Survivor, our custom tote bag tailored for carrying those day-to-day loads. A portion of all proceeds are donated to mental health organizations dedicated to the culture and the community. Visit our store by clicking the link in the description or going to www.angelamariepublishing.com to shop now and support the movement. Let's heal. What's good? This is Jazz from 64111 Studio. Make sure you holler at me for all your mixing, mastering, and recording needs. For booking, please visit www.64111studio.com. following this healing movement from the jump or you're brand new to the family and tapping in for the first time welcome welcome you are absolutely welcome this is the black cow couch podcast but we like to think of this as more of a safe space for decompressing instead of your typical pod the purpose of this show is to encourage and promote mental health awareness in our communities. For decades, the mere idea of addressing trauma and healing has always been taboo in the black culture. We are hoping to change that narrative. One day at a time, one conversation at a time. Now, keep in mind, although we do believe wholeheartedly that the keys to an intentional healing journey include support groups such as these, as well as a variety of other ways to cope. In no way, shape, or form is this show intended to be a replacement or substitute for professional treatment of your mental health needs. We want to encourage, uplift, and provide our audience with tools and resources that have helped some of us maneuver in our day-to-day routines. While some of our panelists do have experience and specialize in the mental health industry, We are all everyday people trying to get by, just like you. So always remember, no matter what you may be going through, you are not alone. It's going to take plenty of courage to see this thing through. But I have faith in us, ladies and gentlemen. Again, welcome everyone. I hope we heal. Welcome, welcome back to the Blacked Out Couch Podcast. I am your host and your moderator for the brothers, Mr. Rodney Lee, and we are at episode five, ladies and gentlemen. So we uh, 
right at around the midway point. So uh, let's let's everybody give ourselves a pat on the back. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to our viewers, to our audience, uh, everybody that's been following this movement, uh, supporting us. Uh, we love you. Peace and blessings. I want to also give a special shout out to the brothers and the sisters, uh, the two panel groups that have been kicking off and uh, carrying this healing journey. Uh, the Blacked Out Couch, man, we have uh, almost made it to the halfway point of season one. So uh, appreciate everybody, man. All of the love, all of the support, um, you know, all of the strength and all of the courage that it's taken to get us to this point so far. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check out the sisters last episode, uh, episode four was from money woes to money flows. They talked about the financial aspect um, and how that affects our, our mental health. So uh, they had a very good, deep conversation. If you haven't had a chance, check that out on YouTube or if you prefer to listen versus watch, uh, you can check that out on any of the podcast apps tonight. Uh, it's all about the brothers again. So episode five. Title of tonight's episode is Broken Homes and Generational Curses. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, single parent single parent households, you know, the implications of that uh, as it pertains to our mental health, you know, growing up. Uh, we're just going to talk. Uh, we're going to dive into it, man. So uh, before we get started, though, of course, uh, I want to see who I got on the couch with me tonight uh, and get those brothers a chance to introduce themselves. So uh, let's get it going. A couple of new brothers uh, on, on the couch with us tonight. Uh, so I will start with uh, Brother Edwards. Brother Edwards, if you want to uh, tell the people who you are, what inspires you, what you do, and uh, what brought you to the couch tonight. My name is Marlon. Uh, what brought me to the couch tonight? Just a group of guys together. Uh, Ronnie invited me out just to have some conversation and share my thoughts and opinions and to, to learn some things as well. I'm currently an administrator uh, in Kansas City, and welcome, and Looking for a good show tonight. Right on, right on. Uh, Mr. Edwards, what we do is a temperature check, man, when all of the brothers join us on the couch. So uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say your mental is doing tonight, your mental health and your well-being? I say I'm like 8 or 9, doing really, doing really well. Okay. That's pretty decent. Pretty decent. All right, man. Well, welcome, man. We appreciate you joining us tonight for tonight's discussion. Uh, moving right along, we got uh, the next brother that's uh, new to the couch. Uh, a lot of you people might be familiar with Brother Ryan Harvey. Uh, brother Harvey, why don't you do your own introduction, man, to tell the people who you are, what you do, what inspires you, what brought you here tonight. Uh, can everybody hear me? Yes, sir. All right, cool. Uh, my name is Ryan S. Harvey. Uh, I'm a transformational speaker, uh, founder of The Strongest Man in the Room. And uh, I'm just here to fellowship, uh, definitely be a student, and uh, hopefully give out some games to help my, uh, my beautiful black brother. Right on, right on. Hey, so uh, Mr. Harvey, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your mental health tonight? Uh, shoot, I'm, uh, I'm pretty good, man. Uh, I would have to agree with Brother Edwards, man. I'm a, I'm a good 8 or a 9 right now, man. I'm pretty solid. Right now, on, that, that's that's what we're saying that if I was a two or a three or a one, I would definitely say it just as easy if I okay. was if I was that as well. That's right. That's right, man. And we appreciate that, too, man. You know, the, the purpose of this show is to be uh, raw and honest and uh, create a space, man, just just for us to be able to, you know, unpack, decompress and unwind. But it's good to hear that your mental health and, and your well-being is, is pretty high tonight. 
Uh, moving right along, we got, uh, let's see who else we got on the couch tonight. Brother Zaire, what's going on with your nephew? What's going on? What's going on? How everybody? How you doing? Man, I'm doing good, man. Uh, let's do a temperature check for you, bro. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how is your mental health doing tonight? Uh, I'm going to say 7, but you know, um, like I said, it's Oh, I think we might have lost Brother Zaire. Um, let's 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 move along to G Dime while we uh while while we work on Zaire's audio. Brother G Dime, what's going on with you, man? It's been a minute. Yes, sir. Peace and blessings. Um, right, man. I'm doing pretty good. You know, I gotta say it every time to all my fellas out there. Just go to everybody, but specifically the fellas. If you in your feelings. Quit being a bitch and go to therapy. Get you some help. Get you some guidance. Seek you some understanding. You may feel like you at the right level, but you may not have the skill sets to take you to the next level. So just because you maintaining and you're doing all right, if you want to progress sometimes, you need to go get some skills. Seek some understanding. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Hey, well, we appreciate you joining us tonight, Brother G. Don. Sound like Zaire was trying to finish his uh, thoughts. Zaire, uh, do a mic check real quick, man. Can you hear us? Okay. I hear him trying to say something. Okay, I hear him saying something. Uh, who else we got on the couch tonight? Brother JB, my man, what's going on with you, brother? I'm good. What's going on? Man, on a scale of 10, man, how would you rate your mental health tonight? Uh, I'm definitely about a nine right now. We're real good. Right on. Right on. Right on. Well, look, man, uh, as always, man, you know, uh, it takes a lot of courage, man, just, just for brothers to show up, just to, to, to get us here. Um, and uh, so I appreciate everybody uh, hopping on tonight, man, and joining us on this discussion. Uh, I think tonight's discussion is a very important conversation to be had. I think it's one that we've, you know, kind of dib and dab, gotten our feet wet a little bit here and there as a community, but we never really uh, confronted it head on in the way that I think that we should be. Uh, so tonight we're talking about broken homes and generational curses, fellas. Um, you know, so I'm just going to start with some questions. I think the first question that's appropriate, uh, and I'll get everybody's, uh, sort of opinion or point of view on this, but, uh, how would you say you define a broken home? Let's get right into it. How would, what would be your definition of a broken home? And anybody can step in on that. Uh, I would say a broken home first and foremost is an unsafe home. So whether if you're now, financially speaking, kind of here or there, because you know, everybody got their own standard of what being broke is and all of that. However, if you're not, if your home is not emotionally safe and physically safe and spiritually safe, then your home is broken. That's my bottom line, baseline. You know, you can add some more qualifiers onto that. Um, and without pushing too much forward, you know, it's a lot of people who grew up in single parent homes who came from safe homes that was single parent one way or the other male or female you know raising them the home is still safe so it wasn't necessarily broken per se 
Um, so, yeah, if it's unsafe emotionally, unsafe spiritually, and especially unsafe physically, your home is broken. Okay. Anybody else? We define in broken homes, gentlemen. What is our definition of a broken home? I'm going to just go with the textbook answer that one of the the parents is missing and not in the home. There's other aspects that happen uh, because of that. But uh, when I think about a broken home, just the basic definition, one of the parents is not in the home. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel that. Anybody else? Anybody else want to add to that or maybe have a different point of view? Uh, I, I'll add to that. Um, uh, I believe that, uh, like, I, I agree with both gentlemen, uh, but also I believe that uh, a true sign of a broken home is the home that has knowledge. Uh, so much, uh, so many households uh, might stay filled with love, but lack knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think with just giving love and nurturing a lot of time, uh, ain't enough. We, a, a lot of times, we, as we, get, we lack the knowledge to become men. That I think is more than the lack of knowledge. Okay. I think they were saying they could barely hear you, Brother Harvey. Uh, but what it sounds like you were saying is that uh, it also includes the lack of knowledge, uh, if, if, if I heard you correctly. Uh, sounds like you were a little bit off on the mic, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get that uh, handled and, and addressed. So, um, did anybody else want to chime in on, on uh, defining what a broken home is? Okay, so um, brother Edwards, you know, you uh, you brought out the textbook definition, so I'm I'm uh, actually just read. I'm actually just sitting here looking at dictionary.com. And uh, the, the, the official technical definition of a broken home is a family in which one parent is absent, uh, usually due to divorce or desertion. Um, for me, that's that's what it is. It's black and white. You know, when, when I when I define or think about a broken home, uh, I think about is it a two parent home? Uh, is it a one parent home? Um, I do like that G. Don added in, you know, the emotional uh, the stability aspect of that. Um, and that's what we want to do tonight, man. I think that we want to kind of dive into it. But for me, uh, it starts right then and there. Uh, me, myself, I've always considered that I've come from a broken home uh, because my parents did separate and divorce. And uh, I was surrounded uh, by a lot of a lot of my peers, a lot of my family members. Uh, they were also from, you know, sort of that same situation where they're now, in a, you know, a one-parent uh, as, as their guardian in the situation. So um, with that being said, um, you know, that's my testimony. I definitely come from a broken home if we're going off of the textbook definition. What about you, guys? Uh, what, what, what type of a, a parental situation do you guys come from? And uh, what, what would you say it was like growing up in that sort of a situation? I'll go first. I'll, I'll go first. Is my microphone better? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, So let me reiterate real quick. Uh, um, I believe that um, because I'm a little biased, I I understand things from a different perspective because I am a single father. Um, So I'm a a little biased to uh, single fathers and men owning 
uh, position of being fathers. Uh, I believe, and there are things that have been proven to suggest that uh, men uh, that are the primary care parent is just as good as a two-parent household, just because of the structure, uh, discipline, and knowledge. And so when I'm in, in a position to see, meet, and interact with a lot of our kids, uh, the thing that I, I, I see that is missing so much, not the love, not the care, uh, but the, the knowledge, the right kind of knowledge and the discipline in order to actually focus on what it is that you want to become and create for your own life and the example of such. Uh, so I, I believe that the lack of knowledge is one of the biggest uh, determinations of a broken home. And I am a, a, a byproduct of that. My father died when I was very young. Uh, my mom remarried and my, I, I didn't really get along with my stepfather. He didn't resemble a man that I wanted to emulate. And that's no shade. My mom was coming from a place of just wanting a man in the home and not understanding what the right type of man actually is to be in the home. So he wasn't even a person that could implement anything that actually was lifelong and long lasting. Uh, so I am a, also a product of that. Right on, right on. So, um, do, you know, go, uh, if, if anybody else want to chime in, but I did have a question for Brother Harvey, so I'll circle back around. Uh, what about the rest of you brothers? What, what, what type of situation did you guys grow up in and what's your takeaway from that situation? Sure. So uh, me, myself, I come from um, a two-parent household for the majority. Um, my situation is somewhat unique, uh, being that my parents divorced when I was, I want to say, around nine or ten, and then they remarried when I would say 11, 12, so in that range. So coming from a situation where when they got divorced, it was a sigh of relief. And when they got back together, it was a sense of apprehension. Like, y'all sure y'all want to do this? Stuff being kind of cool with y'all being in separate houses, you know? And it wasn't because of the two Christmases. It wasn't, you know, extra presents. It wasn't none of that. Because, you know, we were still lower middle, lower middle class black folks. You know, pops making $12 an hour and mom's making seven. So, um, you know, it wasn't no, <laughs> there was no incentive from my perspective as a child growing up for them to get back together. However, how, how old they were you when they, when they got back together? I didn't mean to cut you uh, off, but I'm trying to paint the yeah, picture. Nah. Yes, yeah, yes, sir. I was 12. I was 12 when they got back together. Okay. So I did, and, and I, I am grateful for that because I have a brother who's a couple years older than me. And, you know, by the time he was an adult, all he knew was the chaos in the home. And, you know, it was the God's grace as a younger sibling that I got to experience going through adolescence in a stable household. Um, I say that because the household was not stable, you know, growing up. Um, 
know, just about the finances a little bit, not too much, because, you know, my parents always did what they had to do. And we were always well taken care of with the necessities. But, you know, there was a point in time where um, me and my brother's bedroom was the dining room. That was our bedroom. And it wasn't until, you know, later on and after they separated, got themselves together individually and came back together, that things actually start to flourish. You know, I'm as proud as a kid to be of his parents, you know, sitting here at um, at, at the age I am now in my 30s. Um, but and it wasn't on, you know, just one side, you know. Um, my dad, he did struggle with addiction. You know, um, saw just about everything, but, you know, his drug of choice is alcohol. Now, on the flip side of that, he never lost a job. My father's in his 60s now, and he brags extensively about him never being fired, ever. Mm. You know? Granted, he was on drugs so bad that it ruined his, that it was half of the reason why his marriage was ruined, but he never, but he always provided. And then my mom, on the other hand, um, you know, she had some things that happened to her, you know, going to the other half of the title, generational curses. She had been afflicted by some things that was affecting her and would lash out at me my brother and my father. So there really was no quote unquote safe space in the home until they separated and they were forced to really deal with themselves instead of, you know, blaming each other and attacking each other. So, and again, to my mom's credit, my mom had her own beauty shop, ran a beauty shop out of the basement of um, our house that we ended up moving into. You know, they always, provided as best as they could and made a way out of no way. And we had the church structure around us, you know, went to church every Sunday. So there was always structure, but there was not um, a sense of this is a safe space to be. It was just where we was at. So that's, I think I kind of went on a bit of a rant there, but that's my perspective. No, right on, right on. Uh, anybody else? So that that was a real interesting perspective because, you know, you kind of went through the up and down, you know, because you went back and forth with it. You know, they were together, they separated, got back together. Um, so if I if I um, if I was following that correctly, in in your mind, uh, you were in a more of an emotional safe space when they weren't together because of sort of the uh, uh, what I would kind of consider that is a toxic union, a relationship that probably should have never been. Uh, if they if they couldn't you know get it together and and uh, it is a dynamic that's that's new to me. I don't think that I knew of uh, any of my other peers where their parents separated and actually got back together and tried it again. Yeah, yeah, man. It was um, you know I keep telling them to write a book. You know, if you see them now, you would not know. You know, they've been through what they've been through, or they put each other what they put each other through. And they're they still together, is what you're saying. Yeah, so they are that. still together. Yep, mm. I go see them every Sunday. Mm. Wow, okay. 
Okay, man, thanks for sharing that, man. That's that's definitely that gives me some other questions that come to mind. Uh, but I'll but I'll hold off circle back on that. Uh, anybody else, Mr. Edwards, JB, uh, did you guys want to speak on what type of uh, household or parental situations you guys grew up in? Yeah, I can. Uh, so for me, actually, pretty similar to G Don. So uh, my parents were together until about fifth grade, I think. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, my father left the house fifth grade. I wouldn't even say it was a divorce; like it was a desertion. Like he just disappeared. Uh, and I want to say they got back together. I want to say my freshman year of high school, somewhere around there. Like, so I grew up in Chicago. I got moved here once I finished eighth grade. Uh, and he actually followed us here. I couldn't even. I couldn't give you dates or how long I was in school, but I, I want to say freshman, at least maybe sophomore year, but they actually got back together. But uh, in terms of relationship, I would say what what happened, that damaged my relationship with my father because uh, I, I was abandoned and we went through it. Like, he was already broke and it got even worse. So um, never fully healed that because as we didn't talk about it. Like, that's 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 just the best way to say it like you know him as a man he apologized but we never really unpacked it so it was always there i always resented him for it like he died i think i want to say like 2012. uh now the, the fact like before he died you know i let that man know like i loved him and everything but that was still something unresolved that we had I didn't know that about you, JB. That's what I was just saying to G Don. I didn't know if uh, any of my peers actually, you know, parents got back together after the separation. So I learned something about you, man. I've been knowing you 30 years, uh, and I, I didn't know that 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 you went through that dynamic. Uh, so thanks for sharing that, man. That's that's definitely, man. That's that's heavy, man. That's something that I've I didn't I didn't go through that dynamic, and so that's something that gives me a lot to think about, uh, brother Edwards. What about yourself? Uh... <clears throat> Uh, my story is a little different from the story shared. Uh, I grew up with both parents in the home. Uh, my parents have will be at be married 51 years in August. So me growing up, uh, not a lot of financial worries um, in that sense. Always knew I had food on the table, a bed to sleep in. Uh, my dad was. Uh, showed his love for, for my mom, admiration for my mom. So I learned and picked up on that at an early age, just uh, how to cater to a woman and things of that nature, seeing that a lot of times uh, we learn from what they do, not just their their words. At times, my dad's not uh, a social or a real vocal person, but uh, to see the love that he had is kind of how I've got in my life and it's worked for me and my relationships I've had throughout the years um and just that the family aspect of loving on one another being there for your siblings um my dad and his siblings aren't that tight aren't that close to each other for whatever reason um and he didn't want that for my siblings and i so he kind of focused on that for us to not be like that so um even at this age reaching out to my siblings being there for them helping with my nieces and nephews seeing that that nurturing aspect of that um the focus on education being emotionally aware 
uh, in control of your feelings. Uh, that was always something that was taught. One outburst, one wrong mistake, um, and your life trajectory changes instantly, and it's hard to get it back to where it was before that mistake. Um, so he lived by that, um, showed us that, and um, they're still together today, and I can still be able to lean on some of the things that I saw as a kid and be able to emulate them in my personal life and, and in relationships as well. Mm. Right on, right on, man. So, you know, it sounds like, you know, some of us had some similarities and, and uh, some of us had some, some differences in, uh, in, in sort of the situations that we grew up in. So, like, my next question will be, man, just, and, and I'll get everybody's opinion on this, uh, how much is a priority of, 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 of being in a stable two-parent household? Just, and, and before y'all answer, for me personally, uh, because I went through the dynamic that I went through, that's something that I always longed for, right? Um, I trace a lot of my trauma back to the fact that my parents separated, uh, you know, crack destroyed my family. So I went through um, a lot of, 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 of different trauma just surrounded uh, or centered around that. Um, but, you know, that, that led to a separation and a divorce with my family. Um, and, you know, my mother, my mother, doesn't. she didn't come from a broken home. You know, my grandparents, uh, my, my grandfather, and my grandmother, they were married un, un, until they were widowed. Um, you know, they had a very stable two-parent household, um, but what's interesting is there were still a lot of toxic uh, elements in that household, uh, you know, that I grew up around as well, right? So my question would be, how much of a priority is it to be in a two-parent household, and should, should it be, uh, you know, that we are looking a little bit more in-depth, right? Does it, does it just boil down to two parents being in the home or not? So, so for me, <clears throat> the two-parent household. So, with going through what I did with with my my pops, it was a priority for me not to do that to my kids. So, for me, having a two-parent household trumps everything. Uh, even with my wife, and anything that we've gone through, be it serious or not, like to the point where we we're discussing maybe we shouldn't be together, the kids come first. So if I have to, I hate to say the word suffer, but if I have to endure for my kids, I shall, period. Like, because I see the benefit of two parents being in the household. Now, with that said, it can't be a toxic household. So it can't be like, you know, I'm mad at your mom and, and it shows like I'm cussing this woman out and I'm not showing her love in front of my kids. So it, it has to be a respect and some help to that with both parents being there. Um, even if you're going through it. Okay. I agree with you just for the record. I don't, I don't have kids, um, but that's, that's always been kind of my, um, my plan, so to speak, which is why I'm 44 and, and I have yet to have kids because I've always told myself that uh, if I, if I have a, uh, you know, if I reproduce with somebody, I want to be there. I want it to be a two family household to avoid, uh, putting my children through what I went through. And so because of that, uh, I've moved a lot differently in terms of baby mama, baby daddy culture. I was, I was, you know, scared shitless, for lack of a better way of putting, putting it, to be in a situation where I might see myself having to suffer because I would, JB. I would do the same thing. Um, and, I, and I know you said you had to use that word. It does sound like a very harsh word. But um, just to give you where my mindset is about it, right, 
Um, I do feel like that everything is about the next generation. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, we as adults, you know, we live our lives, but I feel like once the moment that you bring a child into this world, your life matters a little bit less in terms of the selfish priorities, right? Um, you know, I think that it's your responsibility uh, to, to do everything that you can just to propel that child. That's my opinion. Somebody else might have a different opinion, but uh, my mindset about that is, you know, my, my, my fun, my excitement matters a little less if I bring uh, a child into this world. Uh, so I'll just get everybody else's thoughts on that. I don't want to go off on a tangent. Uh, but what about anybody else? JB says he thinks that two-parent household trumps everything. I agree. Now, of course, with my perspective, I will disagree. I will say that um, what you said last about when you have a kid, um, your selfish wants and needs and desires and things like that, they become you know second nature. I agree with that wholeheartedly. However, and you know, this could be my ism as a man, but every person, you are the most important person in the world. So Holly, to you, you are the most important person in the world. That's how I look at it. To me, I am the most important person in the world. The person that comes second to that is my spouse, wife, I'm not married, but would be number two and then number three would be the children. I say that because in and this could be the church upbringing, but you know, following God, man, woman, child. If I'm right, then I'm gonna make sure my wife right. If my wife ain't right, I'm gonna get her right or do what I can to assist her in her getting right. If my wife ain't right, she need to get her stuff right. She need to come to me and be like, hey, I ain't right. And then the children will be all right. Now, is a two-parent household absolutely necessary? I would say no, because when you say necessary, you're kind of inferring that anything without a two-parent household is, it, ta it takes away the shades of gray. Now, granted, with balance, I understand that that phrase is meant to say as a general rule of thumb, Two-parent household is best. Absolutely, I agree with that statement. But if somebody finds themselves in a situation where, for one reason or another, whether themselves or their partner, they can't get the union right, then it might be best to separate, if temporarily, if permanently, for the sake of the children. Because, again, when my parents divorced, I was relieved. Mm. Extremely relieved. And life became more peaceful when they separated. That's just that's just the truth of the matter. Um, and I've seen similar situations, not 100% to where like mine, where the parents got back together and all that. But you know, if the man trash and the woman is unhappy kid. She's gone through all the physical and emotional changes of having this child, and now she's trying to get right. She's like, okay, what we was doing was cool, but now, now we on to something else because we got this kid. Then it is, it would behoove her to separate herself from that man, and vice versa. If the man first once the child has come, is like, okay, I got to put away childish things. This is my duty, my responsibility is to this child, and the woman, 
is not fit, then it will behoove that man to go through the proper steps of taking his kid and removing, you know, his baby mama, wife, whatever, from the situation so he can raise that child properly. So now I'm, I am talking about extremes. So, mm-hmm. you know, just everything I'm saying, just take it with some doubt. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think some of us, we've seen those scenarios, right? We've seen, you know, even the extreme scenarios, um, you know, where, you know, it, it, it might have been a good idea, you know, to, to, to lay down with this person when you, when, you know, when it happened, but it didn't turn out that way, right? Um, so before I give my opinion on that, I, if it, does anybody else want to, want to chime in on, on their opinions on that? Uh, is a stable, is it, is a two parent stable household? Are there advantages to that? Is that something that you consider should be a priority? Mr. Edwards, Mr. Harvey, y'all good? Yeah, I'm good on that. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I believe, man, of course, uh, a two-parent household where, like, one of the brothers has uh, uh, the marriage that was, t- they, they've been together 51 years, um, where everything is good. Like, that's that's totally, that's the, that's the bar we would all like to have been raised in and all of that, of course. Um, but if not, you know, again, I'm, I'm biased and, and there are tests to promote uh, that I think is a, a proper discussion that, that, that men take on the responsibility of being the primary care parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would, if we're talking about how do we cure men, uh, these young men having violence and killing each other and all of that, man, put these kids in a position where they the father after that. Instead of the woman having to take them home, we have to take them home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I know it's a shift, but I'm coming from a place of understanding the responsibility and how much it shifted me, how much it put me in a position to realize my value, my responsibility, uh, uh, my my necessity to gain knowledge and still remain a, a student of life because I have somebody to teach, not w- only with words, but action. You know what I mean? So I, I, yeah. I definitely uh, understand, but I, I'm a person that is actually like in the situation that I'm speaking about, and I've been doing it close to 10 years now, uh, yeah. have battled the state uh, to get them out of custody. I mean, you know the story. Uh, yeah, but you know, so, go ahead and share it with you. If you don't mind, share it with the audience, man, that might not be familiar with the story, because your story is uh, a very unique and interesting one, man. And, and uh, I know you can speak a lot from this from this subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, to never speak bad on, on anybody, or any situation, um, but there are th- some things that went on that 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 put my uh, child in foster care in the state of Kansas, and so um, there were things that I, of course, needed to do in order to get her out of that situation. And being a black man in a predominantly white society, uh, they like to take you for a joke, and they like to think that you're going to be a person that's not going to do exactly what you say and say exactly what you're going to do. And um, there there came times where they they put a lot of things in front of me to see what type of person I was or to see what type of character I had. And and so, uh, of course, I like to say that's close to 10 years ago. I won um, and and got around, Um, but I'm I'm definitely, uh, I appreciate that. 
but I'm definitely a, a person that was not the person. I was the weekend dad. Like you come over, do the fun stuff. Like nobody expected me to be the responsible one. But I, I know now in this position how much this has growth me, how much uh, 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 this has stretched me just as a man. And then how much it showed me how much value a woman has just being a woman, not having to do anything extra, not having to do uh, or look any type of way. But because as a man, I love you. That makes me want to do everything in my soul in order to promote a better life, uh, uh, a better existence, uh, knowledge, someone that is going to be there, that you never have to wonder if somebody is in your corner, that sense of protection, all of those things that we provide that a woman cannot is so, so huge. It is ginormous. And a lot of the reason why a lot of these kids are as reckless as they are is because they don't have us. They don't have us around. And I'm talking about real men, the ones that are willing to face themselves, that are willing to face the things that they have gone through. And and the thing that I've realized, man, and, and my father dying real young, not to go on this crazy tangent. Uh, but the thing that I realized is that the, the quote is true. The sins of the father fall on the son. That is a real quote. And it's not and it's not his actions and his karma. It's his things that he didn't face within himself that he can now never show you. He can never show you with action and words and slight adjustments when you get it wrong. And so when we think about how much like uh, uh, Mr. Edwards dad that showed him not just talking because he wasn't a talker. But to show you what that means and that implement you to a way uh, that it gets deep in your soul to where it's something that you do for the rest of your life. Think about how many kids and how many of us missed out on the essence of that. Now, we got to see mom work hard, but that was cool because we didn't want to see her struggle. So the man in us came out of not wanting to see her struggle. But we not we never got to see what it means to be a man that puts never puts her in a place to have to struggle. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think for for me, the more profound position uh, uh, is the man having to be there. Mm. You have to be. It's not even up for discussion. Uh, uh, we can't look at these diamonds in the rough of these niggas that come out out of nowhere. That's like, yeah, my mom was a single parent. Not all these kids going to be fucking LeBron James. Mm -hmm. So there's an essence that is truly missing. From a man being there that a, a lot of these women are walking around reckless because of a lack of a man being around. They ask mm -hmm. for more men. Right. But if more men were around, do you know how uncomfortable a lot of these women would be? Yeah, because they're not for, used to it. Because they're not used to it. Mm -hmm. So we got to realize for real how much of our, us is lacking out here. Before we can point the finger at what a female's doing, yo, we got to be super accountable to the reason why things are the way they are. And it's because we not who we should be. But mm -hmm. since but since slavery, we ain't been shown. We've been cut off from that. We've been trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that's a real interesting. I, I let anybody else that want to chime in. But uh, where I'm following what Mr. Harvey is saying, man, is... Um, you know, we, we all aware of it, man. In our culture, man, we got the baby mama, baby daddy culture. It's very prevalent. Uh, it's everywhere that we look, right? 
Um, but the usual thing that happens in that is that the mother is left to be the single parent. Yes, sir. Um, and, and they know that thing. Saying, what, what Brother Harvey is saying is that, um, you know, the question was, is there an advantage? Should it be a priority of a two-parent household? What Brother Harvey is saying is that sometimes it don't work out. And maybe the shift should be that the, that the, that the father should be who the single parent is. Uh, because of the, the, the implications and the benefits that, that come along with that, and it's a shift from what we've been used to. Would anybody agree or disagree with that? I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Yeah, that too. It was. It was. It was. If you really think about how the government sets up stuff, they never set it up for the benefit. So if if you even take in. Uh, the Willie Lynch letter. We have known to now know that it's not a real thing, but you can see how it could be true. Mm -hmm. If you take the strongest man, rip him up, rip him to pieces, they're going to make sure the mom got all the kids out there to see it. Mm -hmm. So then the, the mom intentionally, psycholog uh, psychologically, will never raise her kids to be that fucking strong. Mm -hmm. But if the man were to see that, there would be no way in his spirit that he would never raise his kids to be anything other than stronger than that. Mm -hmm. It's the way we work. Mm -hmm. it, is the, it is in our spirit, dog. So to yeah. cut off every bit of masculinity, to continue to make our, our culture weak, 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 when we know that if the man was the one structured man, we'd be making warriors out here. It'd be no way. Yeah. That would be respectful. If men had the responsibility, it would no. It would be no way we would kill another man. It would be no way because we understand we wouldn't even be outside enough. Check this out. Check this out. What would be even sweeter if the man had the responsibility? We would immediately know who the hoes are. Mm. We would immediately know who the hoes are because they'd be trying to give it up to us. We'd be like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. Whoa, instead of us just slanging this mug around, let us remember we the one that got life. We protecting mm -hmm. life as we fucking speak right now. Mm -hmm. We just happen to give it to you in order to cultivate it. But let's mm -hmm. not disrespect. We don't want this life in our loins right now. Mm -hmm. So we already man, I, I, I love that, man. Like just the whole, the whole concept of putting the, the accountability, responsibility back on us. Uh, because that's that's kind of where my you know my stance is. But you guys have given me something something else to think about, man. Just the other angle, because you know most of the time that's what I think about when I think about uh, why I want to avoid a single parent uh, household situation. It's because of the hardship on a woman. It's because of what I'm used to seeing uh, in our community and 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 how there's an absence of the black man in the home. And so that's what I've I've always wanted to avoid. But what I've really wanted to avoid. Is the absence of the black man in the home. It's not necessarily that, you know, you want to, because like you said, sometimes don't work out. Now me, I've always had uh, my own way of doing things. Uh, I, I just got married two years ago. I just celebrated my two year anniversary a couple of days, uh, a couple of days ago. And, um, you know, so I just, I'm, I'm just recently married, but, but I held off on that um, intentionally, right? Because um, for me, it was always about legacy and, and, and carrying on and, and, and not being so much about uh, my individual well-being, but about generational well-being, trying to break generational curses. So, so it was always very important to me 
um, to to you know not have uh, children born out of wedlock. Just my, my opinion, my, my my plan I saw for myself. It was always very important for me to avoid that situation, uh, to avoid the the possible scenario of having a baby with somebody and then we break up and now she's left to take care of that baby and there's this you know this back and forth situation. But man, I've never even thought about. Uh, just that concept, man, that, that sounds like a utopia, for lack of a better way of putting it, man. I'd to say it really should be on the man. If we gonna, if it's going to be a single-parent household, it should be the black man uh, that, that, that has that responsibility on. Without a doubt. It has mm. to be. It's that, it, it, it has to be. And they know that is the right way to be or it wouldn't be. It, Come on, man! It's right so, in our so, face. So you saying like the system? The system? Come on, has they know that way because they want. They would rather have it that way. They, they would rather have it that way. Mm-hmm. Come on, everything is to destroy the black man. Everything, even if that means to build up the black woman, it is to hope that they become an ally in order to destroy us, my man. So no, everything that they have created since the dawn of their existence is to destroy us. So if that means that we can't be in the home, if they get on assistance, yo, yo, everything is to destroy our value. And if we are in the position of being the father, there's no way that you can't see your value. It is, it, it's impossible for you not to see it. So I think mm-hmm. if we going you, if we gonna eat the dessert, we gotta figure out the way to make the meal. You know, so I was one of those I was one of those young men that, you know, while I said, yo, I ain't going to have no kid uh, until I get married. I was one of those. But dessert was sweet, too. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, it's just like when when mom is making some food in the kitchen and she's telling you and you like, yo, I'm hungry. Can I get something to hold me over? She tell you no, because it's going to ruin your appetite. Right. A lot of men then say, yo, I don't want to put in the work to find me a woman to create a meal i just want desserts man mm-hmm. I, just, I just want desserts and if, if we put our put ourselves in a position bro now i'm cooking i'm cleaning uh uh it ain't nothing that i could ask a woman to do now that i ain't already doing for myself but that's, that's only because i hold the responsibility of doing everything yeah i don't have yeah. no choice I don't have no choice. Like it ain't like up for discussion. It's all me. I'm talking all of it. Ain't no, ain't no, hey, let me put this off all my man, all of it. So it's really important uh, because we men and we here to be stretched in order to become our greatest selves. And I don't believe that you can become your greatest self if you have a child and you're not doing it the way you should be. It's impossible because they meant to stretch us, man. They meant to. Man, right off of that. Uh, did anybody else want to chime in on that thought? We can hold that thought because uh, we do need to get to break real quick. But does anybody else want to chime in on that? Uh, repeat the, uh, the 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 question one more time for me, just so I can. Well, we were we were talking about the um, you know how much of a priority a stable two parent home is, and I think you already answered it, G Don. But oh, okay, uh, but brother Ryan, he just he just threw it out at us, man. That you know, there's a different dynamic we should be looking at. Um, you know, the 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 narrative so far has been that there's the absence of the man in the home, and uh, what he's what he knows is the flip side of that. That's his situation. He's talked about. Much he's learned from that situation in terms of being a man, being present, gaining the knowledge that, that you have hand down to another. 
that would sort of be a shift in what the culture has been. Usually, we, you know, the woman, black woman in our community is left to, uh, to raise that child on her own. Uh, you know, even if the father is kind of still around here and there and providing financially, uh, most of the burden has been up on her. Uh, the system preferred mm -hmm. it that way. And uh, so Brother Harvey is, is, is proposing to the room, you know, really with the, with the, the, the answer to that. Uh, the way that you find balance in those scenarios where the relationship doesn't work out is instead of putting that all on the woman, uh, we should put that all on the man. And, 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 and that should be a single father should be what the culture is. And man, I, that's some powerful shit, man. So listen, man, look, hold that thought. Let's, let's take a quick break, man. I'll get a word from my sponsors and uh, we'll be right back. What up, podcast world? This your dude, Walt Lee Dundilla, the popper, Mr. Actavelli. Pull up on me, 1809 Vine, 8600 Ward Parkway, or yes, I'm KC.com. Most scratched in the rats, where your bag at? Posted in the snow, moving t-shirts and dad hats. Buy three, get one free, you can have that. Niggas get panic, Quintown's being lab rats. Lifted KC, show me you care KC. And the strongest man in the room present the absence of a father workshop. Saturday, July 15th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Lucille H. Bluford Library at 3050 Prospect Avenue in Kansas City, Missouri. Available for all girls aged 13 and up. Join us as we help set the bar that so many of our young girls in the community never get to witness. Featuring guest speakers and appearances by Ryan Harvey, Pharaoh Van, Jay Todd, and Oscar Bolton III. The absence of a father workshop. Saturday, July 15th, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Tickets available now at Eventbrite, and for more information, contact 816-844-5999. The time for our men to step up is now. All right, all right, we back, gentlemen. Um, fellas, you know, that, that last segment, uh, it got pretty heavy. Um, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, the, the effects of single parenthood, uh, you know, talking about some of the different dynamics in that. Uh, I'm going to flip it and I'm going to take us in another direction uh, to kick off the, the second half of the show. So uh, I got some statistics sitting in front of me. Um, it's from a study uh, done by the Marriage and Religion Research Institute. Um, so it's actually it's talking about the effects of the breakdown of the black family. So I'm going to read these statistics to you and uh, to you fellas, and uh, let's 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 dive into it and try to unpack it. So uh, the first statement it says it says children from broken families suffer from a number of negative outcomes, regardless of race or ethnicity, because black families are the least intact. They tend to experience these consequences more than any other race. Uh, so what it says is, uh, as it pertains to crime, it says boys who grow up without a father are twice as likely to end up in jail than those who come from two parent families. As it pertains to behavior, it says 85% of all children that exhibit behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. Uh, as it pertains to education, it says that 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. And then uh, finally, as it says, uh, in, uh, as it pertains, I'm sorry, as it pertains to poverty, uh, in a study conducted in 2011, 
It says that 12% of children in married couple families were living in poverty compared to 44% of children in mother only families. Uh, you know, 44% of children that were in single parent households, single parent homes, you know, where the mother was the provider, 44% of those children were living in poverty back in 2011. Um, so, you know, as I'm looking at these stats, fellas, um, you know, what I'm looking at is it, it, it actually is, you know, it's talking about single parent homes, uh, but all of these statistics are actually uh, centered around the concept of the absence of the father, the black man not being in the home. So, um, you know, what I want to do is that poses that that brings me to my next question. Um, you know, as as we're thinking about, you know, what what some of the cycles that 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 get developed when the father is not in the home, and, and Mr. Harvey, this actually uh, should should hit home for you. Uh, but my question is. Um, you know, so there's there's always that discussion that's out there, right, where, you know, people ask the question, can a woman raise a man, right? Um, I want to flip that tonight for right now, uh, since it's just the brothers on the couch uh, and the women are not here to speak for themselves. I want to flip it around and I want to ask the question, can a man raise a woman? You know what I mean? Um, you know, can a man effectively raise both a son and a daughter? Uh, let, let's dive into that, man. What are y'all thoughts on that? Yes. And this is why I say that. Um, now, we can't teach a, a girl, of course, how to be a woman. Uh, but we can teach a girl how to better present herself, how to better protect herself, and how to better walk into spaces, how to better trust herself, how to better love herself, and give her confidence that she needs to do all of those things. A lot of times, uh, uh, no disrespect to the power of a woman, uh, but I think the lack of self-confidence, again, comes from not having a man around. So I would never say that us as men could teach a girl how to be a woman. We could never do that. But we could teach them how to be better people from the discipline, the knowledge, the confidence, all of the things that you said, if you look up, what is the statistics of kids that stay in a single parent household where it's a father and it'll be totally different. You'll be surprised at the statistics. And I, I, I can agree, man, without even seeing those statistics, because again, and this, this just happened from the conversation that we had organically tonight, uh, because my whole life, every time I think about the concept of a single parent household, I'm thinking about a mother, uh, you know, raising the child. So uh, definitely, I don't even know if, they, if there are a lot of studies, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if there are a lot of studies and statistics on what happens, especially in a black, uh, black family situation, what happens where uh, it's a single father household. Uh, yeah, so there's, a, there's studies that have... Uh... There, there are studies that have shown that uh, if there is a, a single parent household, um, regardless of culture, race, if the man is who he's supposed to be and willing to take responsibility, that that is the closest thing to a two parent household is the man being the parent. It's the closest thing. Because if you think about it, 
you're still getting everything that you would get if mom was was there. You're still getting everything. You're still getting the knowledge. You're still getting the provided for. You're still getting the safety. You're still getting the wisdom. You're still getting the confidence. Now, mom can give you the love, nurturing, the love on you, the having fun. That's who you need to have fun with. Go have fun with your mom. I'm here to teach you some things before I leave this earth. I need you to know what your last name means for you. Go have go have a good time with your mom. Do all the fun stuff you want to put on the makeup. You want to do the nails. You want to do all that. Go have a ball. But when it's time for you to be able to protect yourself, walk into a space in a male dominated society. I know I need you to know who the fuck you are. And you ain't about to get that from nobody else. All think about how manipulated these women are and how manipulative we were as men to young women. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. If we're gonna really, if we're gonna all the way keep it G. Yeah. Let's get right? into that. We we yeah. really alleviate manipulation if you there. We can teach about yeah. the insecure dicks, the confident dicks, the the sexy dicks, the the the, the manipulative dicks. We can talk about the gamut of it. Now, if we got a son, we can talk about his dick what type of dick he wants to have but a woman can't teach that a woman can't teach a discipline um, she can't teach that she mm-hmm. can't teach that we grew up we grew up without discipline man of our bodies i know that's what you're moving to because i said it come on man your seminars so we grew up without discipline of our bodies and um you know really what it takes is a man to teach you that because some of some of those habits that we did grow up you know being misogynistic out here chasing pussy come on man you know how we, you know how we grew up man you come know how on we were, straight even, up even as adults you know for some of us all the way up into our 30s right uh but we got, that, we that got also comes still hidden stuff that yeah yeah know. well i mean you know i'm on. saying just for us in the room mm-hmm. for some of us in the room right um but if you think about it um even that influence comes from man Yes, it comes from, from older man. So, yes, so uh, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, man, in terms of, you know, being able to teach discipline and, and uh, you know, kind of shift things that has to come from us. It has to come from man. Yes, sir. Has to. That's why we the head. That's yeah. why we the head. We get, yeah, we literally agree with that get the knowledge from God. We literally get the knowledge from God to give to our family. You still are not cutting that off. When the man is still the single father, you're still not cutting off the access to God. Now, when the woman is there that is cut off, she is still looking for the connection. Then she, if she don't get it, she's just running off the whim of what she feels like, not direction and leadership. It all connects, man, with whatever way we want to look at it. It always connects. If we gain the responsibility, this whole thing would shift. All of it. But they've been doing everything in their power to destroy the black man. Period, and that's where our that's where our value is, and our offspring and our legacy. We'll build them up. Oh man, come on, man! It's all right in front of us, man. It's like vacuuming the whole room and then forgetting what right in front of you. Right on, G. Don. I think you 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 was trying to chime in. You said you agree with that or disagree. I I agree with some parts of it, like um, okay especially when it comes to, uh, you know, discipline of the body, as what you were talking about. You know, I, you know I'm 34, uh, be, you know, be 34 here next month, um, no kids. And part of the reason for that is, you know, one, I grew up in the church and my 
dad being the stand-up man that he is. So, you know, I kind of spoke about my dad already. But literally, you know, when all the kids were 11, 12, you know, 13, 14 years old, and they were going up and taking their vow of chastity, some of them was already having sex. But my dad, who had just got back with my mom and everybody looking at him funny, you know, I mean, I'm sitting next to him because, you know, that's still pops. So we sit in this service and literally all the kids get up to go take their vow of chastity and I keep sitting there. And so everybody looking at me like, you ain't going to take your vow of chastity. You you ain't going to promise to God that you're going to save yourself for marriage. My dad took me off in the corner and we had a little chat about it. And I looked at him in the face and and he raised me to be bold and, you know, all of that. I looked him in the face and said, I'm not going to lie to God for nobody, including you. And mm-hmm. I, I looked at him. I said, you got till I'm 18. And he was like, deal. And then we went back <laughs> and everybody got to talking, talking about some. Well, yeah, you ain't going to make him take it. He was like, me and him talk. He good. And that was the end yeah. of it. You know, right, and right. that's the. And that's the power of a father, you know, but, you know, as, you know, I talked about, you know, some of some of his flaws, but within, you know, he's still a great man to me on top of that because of moments like that and mm-hmm. having discipline of the uh, me disciplining my body in a sense of, okay, you understand, you know, your mother more because of, you know, you You've been exposed to it. No, you should not have been exposed to it. But since you've seen it, let me help you process it. Let's talk about it. Let's learn from it. And that was, you know, what kept me from having two or three kids because, you know, because of the wise wisdom of my pops, whenever I would have, let's call it casual interactions with a girl, um, you know, like, oh, well, what if I get pregnant? I'm like, well, I'm going to put myself on child support if you get pregnant. What you mean? You ain't going to be there? Nah. Because when I'm on child support, that's strike one on me certifying and ratifying my rights as a father. So, you know, now granted, I ain't never had to go through it. So, you know, Brother Ryan, who actually went through it, could you know, or somebody else who actually went through it could speak to it. But that's just how I approached every situation. And for some, some time, when I was when I would speak like that, the actual girls who was ignorant, they would go on, and two or three months later, within a year, they'd be somebody's baby mama. Mm-hmm. I want to say, honestly, I want to, yeah, I want to say I went on a string of about seven females, bro, where like I dealt with them, and then after a year, they ended up having a baby with somebody. It it, mm-hmm. it was like back to back to back, and uh, through my early twenties. And, you know, the only reason, again, the only reason why I don't have any kids, not the only reason, but, you know, one of the main reasons why I don't have any kids is because I do want to wait till marriage to have children. And my father instilled that discipline in me. And on, on the on the subject of can a, can a man raise a woman? I say yes. Now, will that woman have some imbalances that you have to work out and seek wisdom from other women absolutely that's absolutely. something i think whether whether we're talking about a single mother or a single father you should be surrounding them with men or yes. women 
that yes. you would be happy with them taking a- attributes from. Come on. So yes, sir. If you if you got an uncle, and yeah, he might be a little older, but if you got an uncle and you got a son and you and a dad ain't around, your uncle and son they need to be close. They yes, need sir. to be going over here, you know, one weekend a month, or you know, maybe every now and then just hanging out, even as a kid. Yes, sir. Um, you know, even if we just talking about like three, four, five year olds. If you are a single mother or you are a single father and your child doesn't have their parent, then somebody need to be around to, to so they can see how what your idea of a respectable version of that gender looks like. So you got some respectable men around him. Hey, you need to be having them around him. If it's the men's event, something going on and you just got your son, call and ask. Hey, my son doesn't have a father, but I want him to come. Me and my son going to come and we're going to just sit and watch. We're not going to really, you know, participate. It's, you know, it's churches putting on um, men's groups, um, women meetings, uh, uh, not just churches, but all types of organizations doing that. Seek it out. Yeah. And that way you and then you can also have some you can also show them what not to do. You see what that alien ass nigga just did over there? Don't you ever be a nigga like that? You know, and 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 instill that in them, and, they, and make sure that they're taking on the pieces that you want them to take on, and then after the experience, have a conversation about it. What'd you think of brother so and so? What'd you think of what what such and such said? Or did you see how such and such handled that situation when somebody tried to jump a little crazy? That's how I want you to be. So, short answer, yes, absolutely. Long answer, it has to be done with intention and on purpose. It's not just gonna happen. Just because you trying your hardest, you got to still, still, still take a village. Still take a village. What we Still take a village. It does absolutely. absolutely. And I'm speaking from ex- experience. That village is absolutely necessary because uh, it will get overwhelming. Uh, it, it like yo, I I truly understand why women have the attitudes they have. Uh, uh, the lack of understanding, the lack of listening, uh, the lack of all of that because of how much they got to do that we never see. And Mm -hmm. if we don't have that responsibility, we still will never know because it's so much that comes with it that we just don't understand unless we are responsible, unless we are willing to face it and show up, spend the time, take the time to be a part it you really you really don't really get to see the full essence of those attitudes and ha- and the depths of those attitudes because that responsibility is meant for us mm-hmm. it's meant for us be it'd be way better attitude females out here <laughs> yo <laughs> for real it's yeah. it's it's just it's just a complete change uh, we be expecting so much from a woman having to do all of that, all of that, and then be this, and then be this, while we just be going to work. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And not understanding mm-hmm. how much is still left on the table to do in order to be a good teammate. Mm-hmm. And what you speaking on, man, that, that that dynamic can even exist in a, in a two-parent household. Uh, yes, where, man. Where, where mother is the one who's you know uh nurturing she she's the one who's kind of main one 
uh, rearing and raising that child, and the yes, father ain't man. doing nothing. But and all he, he doing is going to work, bro. And he go to work. Yes, man. And not to say that going to work doesn't have its responsibilities, benefits, and all of that, but it's still so much left on the table. And so when I, yeah, when I think about being a good teammate, right? Like, I if in order for me to be a good teammate, I already have to be a good fucking player. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to know my game. I have to know how to play the game. So for me, I think all men, before they even get with a woman, they should have their own shit and be paying for it, live in a certain type of way. Like, you need to do it. You need to understand the responsibility. We would alleviate the 50-50 and all these conversations. Yo, if a woman move into my spot, you don't have to pay nothing because I've already become cool with paying for everything. I'm already taking care of it. I'm already in the position of, of, of doing it. So if I invite you into my space, I've built this enough to want to hear it. I don't need you to buy in. I need you to see the man. So then when it's time for correction, leadership and everything else, you have no choice but to be soft enough to abide. I'm being submissive to a power greater than me that, that puts me in a position to, to have you be submissive to me. We both being submissive, not just one, but both. You know what I'm saying? But I wouldn't understand that if I was just one of these niggas walking around here saying, yeah, oh, submit to me, shit, because <laughs> I'm a man. Yeah, but what it, what the fuck are you doing? Like, now I'm yeah. understanding what it means to cook, what it means to be a, a, a clean person, not expecting someone to clean up after me, but what it means to be a good teammate instead of all of the house stuff, the work stuff, all falling on one person. Now I know what it means to step in and be of service. Let me take so a little me, bit of me, uh, off of you. Let me ask. Let me ask y'all is this that, that that brings me uh, to another question that we have, uh, sort of the, the 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 dynamic of being in a co-parenting situation, right? Um, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Everybody's thoughts on on co-parenting. If you got testimony behind it. Because uh, these are all these are all situations I've always tried to avoid my whole life. I always wanted to have a traditional two-parent household if I was going to reproduce and have kids. So even just the, the whole phrase co-parenting is fucking scary to me. So what are y'all thoughts on co-parenting? Because I do think y'all bring up a lot of things, a lot of great yeah. points in terms of it takes a village, uh, right? But uh, what are your thoughts on, on co-parenting? Co-parenting. Me too, brother. No, I, I agree 100% um, with what you said, you know, no kids because I'm trying to avoid that situation like the plague, if at all possible, you know, and uh, it's not just because I'm susceptible or suspect, suspecting every woman of being secretly ain't shit. Um, it's more so of the fact that a child is a lot of responsibility. And if you don't believe so, then you're not taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. So, it's one thing to have the idea, and it's nothing to actually feel that weight creeping down. So, you know, going off of what Brother Ryan said earlier, if you're already taking care of yourself, then when your child is with the other party, then you already understand, like, dang, it's hard for me to keep the house clean with just me. I can't imagine what it's like my baby mom's over there dealing mm. with the little one most of the time. So when you have a conversation with her and she got a little extra attitude or she got a little this or that, you'll give her a bit more grace. 
Uh, again, we're balanced. I'm not saying, you know, let anybody run you over, male or female, no matter the situation, because y'all should be a team. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you the man and she got primary custody, give her a little bit of grace, man. She's going to be a little bit short-tempered. She's going to have a little bit of an attitude from time to time just because you haven't had to deal with what she had to deal with throughout the day by the time you come and pick the kid up if you're doing, like, every other weekend or every weekend or on, off, or whatever. You know, unless y'all got joint custody where it's 100% 50-50, you know, then it's like, all right, it's a bit more even. But, you know, knowing how the system works, if a man has a child out of wedlock, he'll be lucky to get weekends, weekend visitations, every other weekend visitation. I know, brother. Hard Especially if you jump. Yeah. 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 So with co-parenting, I can I can speak to this personally because I've been there. Uh, but I was, I've also seen situations. Uh, G Don, he kind of hit on it for me in terms of attitudes. What I've seen and what I've experienced, the co-parenting issue comes into play. A couple of reasons: one, unresolved issues with the actual relationship that that has dissolved. And what I've seen is the the female hasn't let go yet or doesn't want to let go for some reason still wants that man and the fact that he's moved on causes friction now also with that and this and this hits back to what we were talking about in terms earlier just in terms of what what we as men should be doing and we are not doing she has that burden that she shouldn't have. She's not built for that. She's put in a situation that she's not built for and she's surviving. She's not living. She's not thriving. She's surviving. And when a person gets pushed in the corner, it's fight or flight. So, Gidon, you're right. She's putting up with some stuff and that attitude is it, my fault. Now, myself personally, I was in a situation it was 50-50. I got my kids this week you got him next week however i was put in that situation because she thought it was going to be a punishment to me mm-hmm. not not understanding how down i am for my kids like i'm like thank you for letting me have my kids like like no problem a week no problem i got this and what i think just personally when we went through that she saw me like she saw how I guess I can brag on myself how good of a man I actually was. Mm. Like he's taking this in stride, no issues. He's like the the kids love it, like no issues. And and unfortunately, just we talked about this in the the day and age of the baby mama, baby daddy. No true relationships are formed. You just out here fucking somebody. You came mm-hmm. up with so mm-hmm. there were no bonds there to begin with. So. When this kid gets here, it's limbo. Like that woman's out. That woman's out there in a place she shouldn't be in. Now mm-hmm. we, we can talk about fault, you know, and being responsible with who you sleep with and how you do it. It don't matter because the kid's here now, and there was no no foundation to begin with to even have that child. Mm-hmm. Hey man, from with it. go ahead. 
Go ahead. Hey, big facts. And I got to lighten the room a little bit. <laughs> but this is a G-Don pro tip. All right? G-Don's pro tip. All right. Like what Brother JB said about, you know, unresolved issues, fellas. If you out here thinking about dealing with a chick and she got a kid that's under two years old, no, the kid got, if the kid is under three and her and the baby daddy are messing around within the last two years, leave that alone. <laughs> she still belong to him, nigga. <laughs> she still belong to him. Let Leave her alone, nigga. If the kid is under three and they, and they mess around within the last two years, I don't care if he was a kid. She still belonged to him, nigga. Keep on moving, bro. Yeah. As soon as he come up to pick up his kid, and he ain't standing in her living room playing with the kid, she just like, ah, oh, this could be my family. You better keep on walking, man. So wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. What I'm, what I'm gathering, what I'm gathering is that what we're saying is um, in most situations, the woman... And, and you know, in a baby mom, baby daddy, baby daddy situation, it's the woman who hasn't let go of the fact that they are no longer together, and that's what causes the friction. Is that is that what I'm hearing? I think it could be either. I could think it could be either or. You know. Yeah, I was about to say, um, save yourself, because there's gonna be some people that watch this that's gonna say, yeah, "I know a dude right now that won't leave me alone." Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. Let me speak to that. Let me speak to that. That's what I want to do. Yeah. If it's a dude that won't leave her alone, like the dude is usually like, let me say, I'm trying to, you know what? Fuck PC. He's usually he's probably fucked up in the head and trying to control that woman. Mm-hmm. That's that's him not letting go. He's still trying to control that woman, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever nah, big reason. Fact, he yeah, also probably just a lame ass nigga, and oh, you can just outclass him anyway, you know. So what you're saying, just for clarity purposes, yeah. <laughs> that that uh, uh, a woman is keeping child away because of she desires family. Mm. Mm. You know, and she desires the family. She's not necessarily trying to control the man, but she wants the family. Whereas men, we do, we do what? That's what it sounded like to me too, Mister. We're just trying to control that woman. We just trying to we sabotage. Okay, 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 okay. I got you. I got you. Like, um, I can't. So if she, if, if she do still got that hope, and we see her moving on, and we may act right for a month or okay. two. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You know okay. what I'm saying? I got you. All right, if we, I got you. You know, but there are men get, that be wanting they, 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 they wife or they woman so bad. You know, they made they share mistakes, and, and you know, and they, they want to get it together, and that woman ain't having it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've that's been why I stay two or three years, fellas. He want her back two or three years, man. He got two or three years to get her back, bro. He ain't, he ain't got her back in two or three years, then he just he just he he ain't worthy. You know what That's I'm saying? Right. She just realized <laughs> he wasn't never he wasn't even, you know, he wasn't supposed to be in that anyway. Mm. That's a fact. Mm. So it's co-parenting. Um is co-parenting, just to circle back to that to that part of the question. 
is co-parenting a, a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, and the reason why I say that before I answer is because we talked about the aspect of, of, of having a village, right? Where you can have other male or female uh, models or role models in their life that are not necessarily the biological parent. So it's co-parenting a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Thumbs up for me. Thumbs up for me. Okay. Well, then, uh, you know, that, that brings me to my next question. And, um, you know, I'm going to throw a little drama in it. Um, you know, and, and I might be projecting a little bit, you know, if y'all haven't figured it out by now, uh, with this project, uh, a lot of the things, a lot of the questions I bring up, I might be projecting, I might be going back to some of my trauma, uh, and I might not be alone in that, but I'm definitely, uh, one of the ones that's doing that with some of the questions that I'm asking. So, um, what I want to do is, man, I want to spend a little bit of time and I want to talk about the step-parent factor. Um, you know, I was saying that, um, it's, it's sort of a projection projection for me because, you know, uh, for me, uh, growing up, you know, I, I didn't get along, um, you know, with, with my step parents. Uh, I think I heard somebody else mention that, uh, that they had sort of that same relationship, um, when, in their childhood, when they were in their upbringing. Uh, but for me, you know, um, the whole step, the whole, the whole concept of having a step parent has always been something that, um i was traumatized by um i always felt like you know for for me and my siblings um most of our trauma uh, our hardship was tied to uh my parents separating you know the divorce moving around uh from place to place going to different schools and and uh just losing losing that stability uh that we had when my parents were together you know uh up under one roof so um you know for me um, like I said, the trauma um, that, that I go back to and connect to, uh, all of that trauma kind of starts uh, with that separation and divorce. And then later later down the line, now you enter in uh, the step-parent factor and the shit just felt like it got even worse, right? Um, so, you know, I can remember as, as, as a young boy uh, just kind of promising myself, making a vow to myself, that uh, because of the, the, the way that um, the step parent um, just dealing with step parents because of the way that that made me feel as a child, um, I always uh, promised myself that uh, I would never want to put my own children through that. Right. Um, so so what are your thoughts on that, man? Just let's let's talk about give some testimony, maybe some experiences uh, that maybe you had either uh uh, from a step parent, or maybe you were in a position to be somebody's step parent. But uh, what are y'all thoughts on that, man? The step parent factor, um, and and how it, you know as it pertains to our community. What are y'all thoughts on that? Um, I would just say um, heavily and thoroughly vet the potential step parent. Um, I.e., if they got kids and they ain't taking care of their kids, they're not going to take care of yours. Mm. Rule number one. Um, but other than that, you know, vet them thoroughly. So, you know, you know, back in the day and not saying like back in the day, everything was better because of this and that and blah, blah, blah. Nah, but but back in the day, you know, there was more of a courting process that took place. Mm -hmm. So nowadays it's not so formal. It's not it's not what it once was. But as far as you meeting their parents, 
meeting their uh, family, seeing how they is, um, giving it a, a certain amount of time before you introduce them and really have them in front of the kids. And just keeping it all the way funky. Um, now, granted, if you got a women, if you got a crazy baby daddy and that baby daddy's just nuts, then this don't apply to you. But if your potential partner isn't trying to sit down and have a man-to-man -man talk with your baby daddy about how they're going to both influence and raise your kid and how he's going to respect his place as the father, et cetera, et cetera, then, you know, that might be something you might want to reconsider. But um, just speaking for myself, I could never be a stepfather. I, some of my best friends and relatives that I admire and look up to the most are stepfathers. And God bless them. I'm not that good of a man. Uh, takes a great man to be a stepfather. I'm a good man with a good heart. Can you hear me? Yeah, you'll get there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, just, I, I thought my mic that. went out. But yeah, um, I'm just not I'm just not that good of a man. And I'm willing to admit that. And I've always admitted that to, you know, every girl that I've ever interacted with. So, you know, there's there's even been there was even a situation where me and this girl was talking off and on for years. And then we got into an argument and she was um, I was like, you had a baby, blah, blah, blah. And she was going off about something. And she was like, well, you ain't trying to be his stepdaddy. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Let me stop wasting your time. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. yeah, that's that's my two cents. You know, you know, speaking, you know, coming from a place of, uh, of doing this for quite a while, man, it's probably why I've been single for over a decade. Um, because I'd be, uh, you know, during the first part of this journey, I was really focused on changing my life. Uh, looking at myself, you know, changing the way that I thought, the way that I carried myself. And so when that finally came to pass, it made me look at uh, what I wanted for my woman, what I wanted my child to see differently. Uh, and, and the vexing process uh, is a little more intense uh, when you're a single father of a girl. Mm -hmm. My daughter's 15. Um, so it's a little different. And so um, there are things that I I have to have that are non-negotiables. Um, that it, that 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 must be. You know what I'm saying? And so it's really hard uh, to do. And so sometimes I think about it, and I'm like, damn, my daughter's never seen me be in love before. You know what I'm saying? She's never seen me uh, really love on a woman before. She's always seen me be a man, but she's never seen me like be soft with another woman and show how, uh, uh, just how caring that I am outside of me being dad. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I do struggle with that for sure. Trying to figure out what that looks like, what she should be, you know what I'm saying? How she should move. Um, so it do be, it, it do be very difficult uh, to have a step parent because I know when I had a stepfather, my mom, uh, got married like a couple years after my father died. I didn't fuck with that nigga at all. You couldn't pay me a million dollars to fuck with that nigga at all. I boxed that man. I fought that man. I talked shit to that man. 
Um, there was nothing about him, the way he moved, the clothes he dressed, the way he thought, the way he treated my mom, the way he sat in a fucking chair, the way he ate food. It was nothing about this man that I was like, damn, I want to emulate nothing. And so it made me actually uh, even worse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're not about to keep me in here and, and want me to be like this nigga. No, 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 no. He, like, I feel like, and this is my God honest truth, and this ain't no shade to him because he's he's a great man. Because like homie said, you got to be great in order to to do that. Because you, you might have to deal with a kid like me that don't respect you. And you got to still keep it G because you love my mom. That's a hard thing to do. And I don't know if I would want to be, I don't want to be no stepdad. Even even me, I don't want to be no stepdad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, shoot, if you got, if I'm asking your dad in your life, if you got kids, how many, if you got more than two, my boy, I'm out of there. I'm, I'm out of there. It's not, it's not happening, bro. So it's just, I, I'm really thinking about what kind of standard and what kind of family I want to have and what kind of things that I want my daughter to look at as far as strong black women, women that are about something. So it makes it really, really hard to find a woman to be with, especially in the city of living. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely, man, I, I didn't get I didn't get along with with, with the step parent uh, dynamic in my life from from either my mother or my father's side. Um, now, stepmother, you know, later in life, uh, we we were able to come to uh, some sort of middle ground and, and and build our relationship. But uh, as it pertains to you know the fact you know we my stepfather. Uh, you know, I'm like you, Mr. Harvey. Never never fucked with him. Never will. So it's always something I always try to avoid. I, I um, felt like, honestly, as a kid, I wanted to be more a man than he was able to show me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, man, like, uh, it's an interesting dynamic. I do agree with y'all, man. Uh, I think that y'all have put uh, some things on my mind tonight. Uh, you know, some of it I've probably always thought about, uh, but then some of it I've, I've never thought about. So, uh, but the, the village factor, though, right? Um, you know, let's talk about that, man, because I do believe that you you do need to surround yourself um, with the right type of male and female influences uh, when, when you're raising uh, young children, especially black boys. But, you know, what I think about is, um, you know, the child uh, in that scenario. Right. Um, they they sort of the child is held hostage uh, to what the parent believes are the right influences. Um, and that's whether we're talking about, you know, partner or romantic relationships uh, or just their community or, you know, their tribe in general, uh, who they have around those children, uh, who, you know, who, you know, what adults are influencing those children uh, in a certain way. So, uh, you know, what do the children do? Uh, that's always been my thing. Like, what, what, what do they do when the parents get that wrong? Right. Um, you know, when the parents had a wrong type of folks around their children, that leads to the cycle, right? The, the, the generational uh, curses, you know, all of the things that we're talking about uh, that have been kind of destroying our community. So, like, you know, what what are the children supposed to do, right? Or, or what are we supposed to do, right? In, in those scenarios where you do have parents 
uh, that that have the wrong influences around they around their children. Uh, and and the reason that I asked that, uh, fellas, is uh, you know I had threw a uh, a clip in the group chat earlier. Uh, it was a clip from Dr. Umar. And uh, before y'all niggas even start, man, I know a lot of folks uh, always, you know, throwing that out at me that I look like Dr. Umar. And and um, so don't y'all try that tonight. But, uh, you know, there was a clip from Dr. Umar. And and again, I know Dr. Umar is, is a, a very controversial. There's a lot of people that uh, may disagree with, with, with some of the things that he says. But uh, this particular clip, though, uh, that I put in the group chat, it kind of speaks to some of the things that we're talking about. Um, and he made a few points in this clip, but there were two things that I want y'all to pay attention to. I'm going to actually play the clip. Uh, one of the things that he talked about, uh, which was kind of the center uh, point, the, the focal point of the conversation, was he talked about the struggle of, you know, the single, uh, the black woman as a single mother. Some of the things that she goes through um, and, and us as black men, our responsibility in that. But the other thing that he talked about was you know, the struggles, he was talking about the struggles that the women go through. And he also talked about uh, the kids, you know, the black boys, the black girls um, that that become basically victims uh, to that struggle uh, with the absence of the black man. So let me let me play this clip and uh, y'all tell me, man, if y'all if y'all agree with what Dr. Umar is saying here or if he's not. And again, we're just talking about the concept of the right village. Let me this to us, though, mm. because we try to act like the way sisters treat us doesn't have a history that we are not at least partly responsible for. Let's be honest. Mm. The black woman has had to hold down the black house by herself, mm. although imperfectly. Mm. She's mm. had to do it by herself since the mass incarceration of black males began in the 1970s. Mm. You understand me? Mm -hmm. Most of our children are raised by a single mother right now, mm. and it has been that way for about 50 years. So when a sister says, I don't need a man because she couldn't find one strong enough to hold her down. Or when you meet a woman and you say, sister, I'm, I'm strong enough to be a man. You ain't got the work or you ain't got to pay the bills or whatever. Pull back. I got you. And she can't do it because all the other men before you mm -hmm. who disappointed her. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is black men, we got to be patient with our women because we created that personality. We created that, and then we, we want to act like we didn't play a role. We have to be held strong... accountable for their poor selection. No, you have to be held accountable. No, you have to be held accountable because they have a poor selection. See, what you're saying, you're selecting a poor mate. And what I'm saying is they don't have much to select one, so of course she's going to end up with a poor mate. And why is she going to end up with a poor mate? Because we as black men are not raising black boys to be the men that our women need. We are not. They out there killing themselves right now. What we doing about it? Unemployed black males. What we doing about it? Pants sagging, weed smoking. What we doing about it? Black men are not raising black boys to be the men our community needs. That is 100% our fault. What I'm saying is she got a right to be angry with us. Agreed. She got a right to be angry with us. I understand we have that. not been on our job as black men. If the that. men are the providers... What have we been providing for our community? I'm not speaking you individually. Yes, yes. Because you may yes, be a damn good father. You may yes. be a damn good father. You may be a damn good father. But guess what? What are we doing for the community? What are we doing for the children who don't have a father? You don't think the black woman got a right to be angry when she's been raising two-thirds of the kids by herself for 50 years? And the minute she raised her voice, we say she's not humble enough? 
I she think, had I, to I, become masculine to survive the rape, I, the molestation, I, the domestic abuse. Are you telling me you can't see how I, we created that? I understand that, but she needs if to be more If we was loving selective. our women and, and taking care of our women, do you think she would be like that? That if, personality if, has if a history. If she's picking Pookie and Ray Ray instead of... You're making jo her a scapegoat. No, she's the, picking a scapegoat. No, 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 no. There's, there's good Can quality men that they ignore. Why she even got it? Why, why, why is there even a Pookie in the selection? You got to ask her that. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you why there's a pookie in the selection. Why? Because black men have abandoned black boys and have allowed social media, white media, athletes, and rappers to raise them. That's why she with pookie. If she would not have a pookie. If we're going to be men, the mm -hmm. first thing we got to do is take responsibility for why our women feel the way they feel. I totally agree, and that's one of the reasons why I'm doing what I do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep, I'd agree with that. Um, and just being me and, you know, knowing my capacity, um, I'm not the type of person where I would take on that commitment. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, now, if you need a conversation every now and then, such and such being a knucklehead, you need a quick reality check, sure. But my apprehension of taking on that responsibility is knowing the importance of it. Because I also got to now have a conversation with you, you know, so hypothetically speaking, I'm speaking, you know, let's say a single mother say, G Don. My son acted crazy. I need you to come have a reality check, man to man talk with him. Cool. I'm going to talk to you about how this even happened in the first place. And then I'm going to give you a summary of what I'm going to talk about in order to make sure that you can reinforce those things when I'm not around. Because you can't, you can't, because um, what, what a lot of people do is they, Sometimes, you know, and again, everything with balance. That's my, it's one of my favorite phrases, everything with balance. So yes, it takes a village, but along with that comes the village's opinion. So you have to be able to accept that, okay, everybody, just something inconsequential. Everybody don't think a little boy should get a cooking set. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So depending on who you invite over, to be a village for your son, maybe put up the cooking set. Or, you know, if you know that he a type who's gonna have a problem with the cooking set, that ain't the one that you invite over. Instead of inviting Brother James over, you invite Brother John over because you know Brother John ain't worried about a little silly shit like that. He worried about what's important. Um, and oh no, I feel like I went off subject a little bit, but getting back to the main point, yes, we should but only take on that responsibility, you know, if you're ready to, and if you have the capacity, you know, don't take on more than what you can, you know, put out. I know me, myself, 90% of my capacity is going towards myself and my, you know, potential spouse I'm dealing with. Other than that, anybody else will come along, you know, when, when I got 10% to give, you can get the 10%, but that 90% is gonna stay here in this house. That's just me. I should there are other great brothers out there 
who are willing to, you know, put out and give out God bless them. Keep on doing what you're doing. Um, but, you know, for the brothers who are thinking about it, I just say don't take on that responsibility or that role lightly. You know, consider yourself that child's uncle now, if not his father figure, uh, on and so forth. So, yeah. So let me add to that. So uh, now I want to talk to you, Gidon. Uh Ryan spoke about this earlier in terms of leading. Um, more so by example than by telling. So even how you carry yourself around these young men will speak volumes. Mm -hmm. How you speak will speak volumes. You don't even have to speak directly to them, but they see you. Trust me. So for for example, I'm, I'm in the same breath as you in terms of what I can do outside of myself and my family. However, when kids are around those are my kids i don't care who they belong to i treat them as they're my kids and i will direct them as they're my kids the neighborhood kids they already know they come around it's nothing but respect because they like to hang out at my house because i got a huge yard i got you know a basketball goal in the back and i don't mind them coming over but they know how to act one because i show them I'm just just being me i got two sons my my sons they they understand how i expect them to behave at all times now they're boys are they gonna do that when i'm not around probably not <laughs> just just knowing that but just understand bro you're powerful just the way you walk into a room and how you hold yourself people watch you people see you and trust me kids will notice that young men will notice that and i'm, I'm gonna tell you don't be afraid to step into your power, bro. Like, you might not have the time. You might not have the the finances. No problem. Just be you. Like, be that shoulder. Be able to talk to them. Like you said, you're willing to talk to them. That, that's awesome. But once again, just understand, when you walk in the room, you're seen. It's the presence, man. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, just, just that presence of, uh, you know, a strong black man that, that has his head uh, in the right places, has a good head on his shoulders. Um, you know, that's that's really what it's about, bro. You know, and I, and I think that we'll, you know, that's what we'll start to kind of wrap it up because that's kind of where the conversation is taking us. Um, but, you know, just to recap, so far in the culture, uh, traditionally it's been the sisters. It's been the sisters uh, who have been tasked with the pressures, with the responsibility of raising our youth uh, because of the absence of the black man. Um, and, you know, Brother Ryan, Earlier, he alluded to the fact that there should be a shift uh, in that dynamic, you know, instead of it being the sister, instead of it being the mother who by default, you know, takes that child in a single parent situation where we've got a broken home and it didn't work out. Instead of it being the mother, brother, brother Harvey is suggesting that society would be in a much better place if that was the father instead. Right. And I love that, man, because we have we have abandoned our black women uh, to a point. And uh, left them kind of, you know, with that responsibility. So uh, but even if we don't. Right. Like, let's say we don't as a society uh, go to that extremity, go to that shift where you start making the father, uh, you know, being the, the, the soul or the primary guardian uh, for our children. I think uh, just as man, uh, us as black men uh, being present, 
uh, just being in the room uh, with the right energy, the right influences, um, the, the, the right intentions, that goes a long way. And I think what JB is saying is that that presence as it pertains to being around our youth, around our, our black boys, especially uh, what JB is saying is that that presence can go an extraordinary long way. Right. And that's what we got to get back to. You know, I think that um, us as black men uh, making a commitment to be more present in these situations, even when it's not our own biological children that may need those positive influences. I think that uh, directly addresses uh, the issue that we have plaguing our community with um, the frequency of broken homes. I think that um, us just being committed and dedicated as man, bro, um, you know, I think that that directly can can start to to spark and invoke some changes in the right direction. So, man, uh, real powerful, real powerful combo, y'all. Wow. Like, uh, you know, I do want to be respectful of time, though, you know, because we can go on and on forever uh, about this subject. So um, we're we going we gonna to go ahead and start to wrap it up. But before we do that, uh, Mr. Harvey, Ryan, um, I want to give you uh, a second uh, just to talk to the people about what it is that you do, uh, some of the work that you are here doing in the community. I'm looking at your name. Looks like you got an acronym in your name. And I know what the acronym means, but some of the other brothers on the, on the couch and uh, some of our viewers, some of our audience might not be familiar with who you are and what you do. So uh, talk about that movement, man. Talk about the movement that, you know, that, that you are behind, uh, all of the work that you're doing in the community. And then uh, we'll start to wrap it up. All right. Uh, the acronym uh, TSMTR is the strongest man in the room, and this is a uh, this is a way of living, a lifestyle that uh, I'm promoting and being an example of. And it's not so much about uh, the strong man as far as your physical ability, but more so uh, your mental capabilities and your spirit and uh, the necessity in becoming your greatest self. And to me, that is the true definition of the strongest man in the room. So I create courses, videos, uh, all type of thing, conferences uh, in order to give out that game and be that light, be an example uh, uh, and give me some some different perspective uh, about a way that they can maybe kind of cultivate their life because we all trying to figure out this thing. Um, I'm not a person that doesn't have a mentor. Uh, somebody that is older than me that is that is teaching me things that I honor on a regular basis. Um, so it's just really important uh, to be a man that is is pushing in an agenda. Um, and this is mine. Right on. Right on. Well, look, man, uh, you welcome anytime with us on the couch, uh, Brother Harvey, man. And, and uh, I definitely appreciate you. Uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to join us tonight to have this very, very important conversation for the community. Um, and I appreciate all of the brothers that were able to join us tonight, man, uh, as well as the audience, as well as the viewers. Big shout out to the viewers and the audience. Thank you. Thank you for joining in, uh, for tuning in to episode five of the Blacked Out Couch podcast. Uh, y'all make sure that y'all follow us on YouTube. Uh, where else we have? We on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we all over the place, man. We on Instagram at Angela Marie Publishing um, and then also Clubhouse. Can't forget about Clubhouse. So make sure y'all follow us on Clubhouse, man. Um, 
you know, we will be on Clubhouse next week, next Thursday at 5.40 p.m. Central. Uh, we will be on Clubhouse like we always do after the episode, the week after this airs. Uh, we always like to do our unpacking session uh, on Clubhouse. So um, make sure that you tune in for, uh, for the unpacking next week for that. Hope to see everybody there. And, and uh, you know, maybe we'll think about some things that we weren't able to talk about tonight. But I think we had a very powerful dialogue. So I appreciate everybody that was able to tune in. Uh, we will see y'all next time. So until then, peace, love, and blessings. And I hope we heal.